All right. First off, a very warm welcome. Oh, I have to remember to do intros. Welcome to the pleasantly persistent podcast put on by Rooted Food Sales. Uh, a very warm welcome to Britt. Uh, it is her first time joining us on the podcast. Welcome, Britt. Thank you. Happy to be here. Cool. Um, so we have a, a couple topics uh, we are excited to dive into today, but I'm coming in hot about a, po- a topic that just presented itself. Um, there are six of us, so we are going to try to have this flow as smoothly as possible. So topic number one is different video call platforms. I'm sure there's more, but the big three are Zoom, Google Meets, and Teams, right? Like whatever you're using, you're going to get used to, and then other ones are going to feel a little weird. So I'm a little biased, but honestly, the one that we use, because we use Gmail, Google Meets, you guys disagree, please, if, if, if you think I'm off, Google Meets is the best. It is the best. And I'm not hearing it any other way. And I feel like most people are like, Google Meets. There's one, there's one off thing about Google Meets. And then and then I'll take a breath here. If you're on the monitor, no problem, right? You share a screen, it's on the other monitor, and then you you see the other person. The problem with Google Meets is if you're just on a laptop and you go to share, you then can't see yourself. That is a big problem. My my beef, and then you're like, Matt, why did you guys, you guys are all like, Matt, why did you enjoy it? Why did you invite us to this? You're just ranting. 10, 30 more seconds. And then the other thing is, which we were just talking about, when you get off on Google Meets, it, this is just like a millisecond, but like you just press the end button. We're like that little like clunkiness in Zoom, you have to press like two buttons. So like everyone's ready to get off and it's another like half second, like slightly awkward. Um, yeah, I'm going to take a breath here. What if, who wants to virtually raise their hands? And then on Zoom, right, you have to press two buttons right now. Instead of just hand raise, which you can on Google Meets, Zoom, you have to press, let's say, reaction. And then you have to press raise hand. You have to press two buttons. Why do you have to press two buttons? It, does anyone feel that any other platforms have any advantages over Google Meets? Does anyone want to press those two buttons to raise their virtual hand? Brooke Davis, you press the two you press the two buttons. I'll go ahead and lower my hand now. I've been called. Um, agreed. I feel like for some reason Zoom is always the preferred platform that people want. And I don't understand. I don't know if it's because they don't they never use Teams or Google, but it's very complicated. And I feel like it's a two-step process for everything. So when you initially get in, you have to wait in a waiting room. So you don't know if you're on the right link. That bothers me. And then two, you can't see yourself. So you can't apply a background until you're already in. If I had a background that I didn't want people to see, I wouldn't be able to apply it until I already got in, hit five buttons to apply the background. And then it's weird because they're watching me apply a background. I have a lot of complaints about it. I am team Google. Yes. I have more to say. Uh, uh, Brett. You press the two buttons. I did. I pressed the two buttons. So I love Microsoft Teams. I'm not going to lie. So I'm going to be the, the lone <laughs> soldier here, maybe. Um, 
I've used it for the last two and a half years. So that's probably why I really love it. But I worked in a really large company. So for large organizations and companies, I think Teams is awesome. I just think it has a great flow. The virtual backgrounds are killer. Um, and the present the pre presentation mode too, I, I really like. So I'm getting used to Google Meets. Um, and I like it for us, for our small team, for sure. But for right now, Teams is going to trump. Sorry. So what 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 like out of the gate is Google Meets missing that that Teams has? Hmm, good question. I hmm, I don't know. Just the flow of Teams. You know, something like you said. Like I just used it for the last two and a half years, so I just I just know how to work it. Totally, um, it'd be interesting yeah. in, a, in a couple months. Totally. What you think, yeah. uh, Julie? I detest teams. <laughs> Sorry, Brent. <laughs> yeah. I found it horribly awkward to present um, to customers and accounts on teams. And I, I love Google Meet. So we each have our preference and sometimes it is what you get used to. And sometimes in, you do that more than what you like sometimes. Yes. Uh, Brandon, what have you used in the past? Traditionally, Google meet just because I think Gmail is, you know, um, probably the most common email address people use. We I, Teams I did in my past job. Um, I like Teams. I think the chat functionality in Teams is is great. The background functionality in Teams is great. Um, you know, Microsoft is Microsoft. And I, I just think they have more detail within Teams. But, you know, as far as simplicity, it's it's Google Meet for sure. Yeah. Isn't it funny though? It's like the small things. Why don't you incorporate it? Like, I know I'm being a little silly here and fiery, but also serious. It's like, the, why press? Like, what would the actual answer be? Why do you have to press two buttons, right? You like have this great call with someone and you're like, so great. Can't wait for next steps. Like have an awesome net rest of the day. Google meets like you're hovering right over it and you're just like, all right, adios. Like you're done. But <laughs> that millisecond where you're just like, do, do, do. You do, do, do. It's like, oh, I didn't need that like millisecond. Like, why? There's no advantage of having that. I, I, Zoom is one of those examples of a company that I just don't know what anyone does behind the scenes. You know, like a big company, and there's absolutely no updates. When I remember when we first started using it in COVID, I'm like, this is the clunkiest video software ever. And two years later, and so many more users, not a single update that I know of. You know, I probably have thousands of employees, and I have no clue what they do. You know, no offense to any uh, Zoom worker yeah, yeah. listeners to the podcast, but where's Skype? Where's Skype nowadays? Skype really, uh, Skype, Skype was like the AOL. I mean, there's always going to be that like trailblazer who's just like, yeah, I feel like we should go super hipster and retro and just be like an AOL <laughs> Skype company. <laughs> that'd be that'd be funny. And by funny, I mean not really. All right. Thank you for that catharticness. Ah. <laughs> All right, so today's topics, which now maybe we only get to one, which one is more interesting? All right, I feel like this is normally more college, but it presents itself in all channels where you have like a couple, few, multiple people you could potentially reach out to. I will use a college example. There is 
a dietitian, there's a, a, a buyer, and there's an executive chef. All are interesting. Do you, and I like it here because uh, I know we have different opinions. Actually, Christy, who's on vacation, her and I differ here, which is really great and interesting. Um, do you reach out to one person or do you reach out to, do you reach out to them individually? Do you just reach out to one person to start, see if they answer, or do you loop them all together? I have a strong opinion, but I will hold Ms. Brooke Davis. So I've actually never um, looped everyone together. And the reason being is I like to add some personalization, especially when it comes down to like a dietitian, executive chef and retail market manager or whatnot. Dietitian is going to be a lot more interested in the buzzwords. So I'm going to hit a lot more buzzwords like allergen friendly, keto, plant-based, whatnot. Executive chef, they kind of just want like an overview of what you have. Um, and then retail market, they're only going to be interested in the pre-packaged. I kind of just tailor my emails depending on who I'm reaching out to. And I feel like it's just going to apply more to them if I do it individually. It's worth the extra, you know, five to 10 minutes to copy paste, personalize a little bit. Totally. Mr. Chris. Darn it, Brooke, you stole some of my answer. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I just, I, I start with a, like, a, I'll reach out to, all three of them, director of retail, dining, executive chef, uh, dietitian, whatever. And I'll start with a cookie cutter email and I'll just kind of add to it, right? Like, hey, I also reached out to chef about these items. And, you know, like like Brooke said, just kind of tailor a little bit to, to who you're reaching out to. And, you know, usually you reach out to three people and it usually funnels to one, you know, it depends on the college. Like some colleges, everything goes through the executive chef. Other colleges, like, well, I can't name, but you, you just, you got to go through the dietitian for retail. So it just depends. It's, it's all different, you know? Totally. So for me, first of all, to get back to Zoom, why do we keep moving around? Is that just me? They keep like, it's very weird to the brain. Like all of a sudden someone else is in my top left and that's weird. So for me, the way I envision it is if, which I don't, if I reached out to three people, right, it's hard enough to get someone to respond, I, in my head, envision them all like virtually looking at each other and be like, are you going to respond? Are you going to respond? And then no one responds. So uh, uh, for me, my outreach is three, right? Cut and paste emails that are slightly different. And like, right, like you probably won't go, you're hoping to go one for three, like there's no problem, right? Let's say one person's like, oh, forwarding it to this person. And then that person's like, right? Oh, you sent me the same email. Like I just, I, so it's not even a bad situation. So for me, I send, I send directly to everyone. I envision everyone looking at each other virtually and like no one ends up answering. Christy, actually I know, and she, I'd love to hear her reasons. Maybe it's silly. I brought this topic up today. She likes looping in everyone. Uh, uh, that is her strategy. And she finds it works better, which is very interesting to me. Brent. Yeah, I also um, <clears throat> agree with Christy. And so I'm team multiple people on an email. However, there's a few caveats. I don't think it should go over three people. When you, you include four, that's where I feel like you start getting that, like who's gonna answer and, and then it falls on deaf ears. Two people, great, three people, awesome. 
my thought process is, is if there's like a hierarchy or structure within the emails, let's say there's like a VP of ops and then a senior director, someone below that. If I'm the person reporting into the VP, I want to show my um, like proactivity and responsibility and responsiveness. So that's kind of the mindset that I go into it. Um, if I hit people in a hierarchy structure, if they're mm. different within different like departments, then I'm going to go attack them individually. Yep. That makes sense. Julie? I've not thought about that, Britt. I think that's really strategic. I think that's really smart. I would say I'm team individual generally, but in you know the last few months, only once have I had the glorious response where someone then replied with everybody on coffee. So you mm -hmm. knew that they were all paying attention, but that's, that's happened a, that's a one moment. time. That, 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 that is a moment right there. Um, are we good on this one? Good. All right. So next up, which was my poll, my LinkedIn poll today is initial outreach. So this is assuming, right? If you don't have someone's email address, that's not an option. So the only option is you send them a LinkedIn message. So the question here, uh, the context or the situation is you have their email address and you can write them an email address, you can call them or you can write them a LinkedIn message. What are you doing for an initial outreach? And then there's a slight follow-up here, but I will, um, we'll start here. And then I saw people's votes. Uh, Chris and I voted for LinkedIn message. I don't forget how I'm going out. Yeah, Chris, what you got? Well, I would say I went more in that direction over the past year or so. I found that I used to just email and do less of the LinkedIn outreach initially, but now I'm connecting, um, sending a message, and just kind of warming up the situation and maybe not emailing the exact same time, maybe a day later or something like that, just to not like hit them all at once. But, you know, some of your emails, you know, they get lost. They might go to junk mail or whatever. Just hit them on LinkedIn and let them know that you're about to send an email or, you know, if you have the address or can I send you an email or whatever, you know, and, and just kind of let them know that you're, you know, you're there and you're about to do it. I don't know. I found that works a little bit better for me. Yeah. Just kind of doing both, you know. Totally. And I would say, right, there's some like obvious factors. Like if they have less than 200, 250 LinkedIn connections you'd have to assume they're they're not really on the platform and if they're more than that and especially if they're like active not necessarily that they post but they they have an active feed of liking posts and stuff it becomes interesting to do that i think also you know i guess it yeah it's just interesting because in a way it's easier to connect via linkedin because they can learn more about you right like they see your i know some people i don't think anyone on our team uh has the picture on their email signature some people do but on linkedin there's like oh like you like they can look at you smiley happy face like see what you're into so they can get to know you a little bit so that's pretty tempting um that's pretty tempting for linkedin outreach i don't know it really could go either way Yeah, <laughs> the silence filler. 
So I like, uh, I just want to say, I, I like, I like LinkedIn. I think Britt and I had this conversation last week really briefly about it. Um, I like to keep LinkedIn a little more casual. Um, I'd like to do a LinkedIn just, Hey, you know, happy we connected. would like to connect a little further. Um, not very big on selling within LinkedIn. I think there's a lot of just vocal posts right now um, that people see about, you know, anti-selling on LinkedIn. You know, this is just a, I want to connect with you first and um, however you approach it, whatever works. Uh, initial outreach is different. With LinkedIn for me is developing a relationship that's personal and then email is business. Email is getting, you know, asking for the sale. I've had more luck that way, but that's just personal. I know some people just ask for the sale on LinkedIn and that works too. Yeah, I feel like the ask on LinkedIn is, can I email you A, B, or C so I can sell you in that? Yeah, I feel like that's the ask. That's the sale on LinkedIn is like, can we shift? Uh, now that a relationship has hit this level, can we can we shift to can we shift to email so I can right like for us? It's can I send you a catalog? Can I send you some dates to connect? Um, so then, yeah, what happens happen after? What happens after they don't respond to that? Do you still send them an email right after, or do you? you know, <laughs> That's we, what we you know say. I'm email. going to send it. I'm going. Yeah. Not asking. I'm, just I'm going, going to send you an email. Like we know people's emails for the most part, right? <laughs> it's not hard to find. Yeah, it. Good, you ask them, good. "Hey, do you mind if I send you an email?" Then it's radio silence. Yeah, Chris, I like that approach. Just I'm going to send you an email. Not well. Can yeah. I send you an email? <laughs> Is yeah. that too creepy though? <laughs> no. The 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 I'm going. Hey just wanted to say hello on this platform. I'm going to send you an email with our catalog. We'd love to connect. And if, if they don't respond, email, LinkedIn. Is it immediate? Know. Is it, uh, you know, is it three, four days? Is it next week? You know, do you, do you wait some time or do you send that email right after you ask them, you know? Chris, what do you think? Well, like I said, I, I, I'll i do it like the next day. Just feel it's, I don't know why I feel it's a little, I'm stalking a little bit. If I'm like LinkedIn message, email five minutes later, it's like, eh, that's a little weird. So I'll wait like till the next day, you know, next morning or whatever. Chris, does it, uh, does it, uh, I'm leading the witness because I know the answer. <laughs> does it hurt your feelings? Does it hurt your sales feelings when uh, you see that they've opened up your email? Uh, via whatever platform you use or on LinkedIn, right? You see, they viewed your profile. You're like, but you opened up the email and you saw my profile. Yeah, yeah. Lately, I'm getting a lot of uh, responses to you, they've clicked on your link instantaneously. So I'm wondering if it goes to like their organization and it automatically screens the email and they, it says they opened it, but they really didn't. I don't know how that works, but it's literally... A lot of emails now instantaneously. They they clicked on a link and they read your email. How's that possible in the first 10 or 15 seconds? So I I, I don't know how I feel yeah, about it, sort of good and bad. Maybe it's not true. I don't know. Yeah, Chris, I'll jump yeah. here on MailTrack. Some of um the organizations have like a screening. So right when you send an email, it automatically you'll know because it'll say they open Spotify, they open LinkedIn, they open your website, yada yada. Um but if you send an email and then 10 minutes later you get that, then they realistically did click on it. It's just the automatic ones that were screened. Um, and, and yes, it does pain me deeply when they open it and they don't respond. Yeah, yeah. It's so much to be like, if they haven't opened it, it's one thing, but you're like, you opened it. Why are you responding? All right, la last mini topic is, right, the big three. And, and then there's some like LinkedIn, email, 
And then there's phone calls. Phone calls are the most, speaking for myself, the most uncomfortable. Um, I also feel like they're sneaky interesting. It's, it's so bold in a way, because like how I envision in my head, right? You, you, you actually call someone and they instantly, like we've all been there, right? For like getting cold called, you instantly are like, shut down, leave me alone. Oh my, like, it's like very icky and contracting. But I feel like there's, um, I feel like it's interesting because not many people, genuine salespeople, do it anymore like you have like the real icky like dial for dollars like just insurance companies and that's just like silly spammy with respect but like spammy just like hang up so it's just interesting to me has anyone ventured in i know christie's had some success calling has anyone ventured and even if you haven't ventured just talking it out what are your thoughts on actual calls julie please I feel like in this day and age, you, you couldn't possibly do it without some kind of warm up first. Like you've sent an email, you've sent a LinkedIn message, you've gotten, you've introduced yourself to this person. I feel like it would be almost impossible to call without something having already landed in their inbox, getting them familiar with you and your portfolio. Yeah, I, I, I hear that. I hear that. Brett? Yeah, I agree. I would not take or use the cold call outreach as the first for sure. So email is my preference for right now. The art of a well-crafted email, I just love. Then LinkedIn. <clears throat> and if I don't get anything, then I would phone call. But I myself have not mastered the art and science of a good phone call. It's mm -hmm. It's uncomfortable because it's like not a lot of people do it. But if I've established a relationship with someone, then yes, I'd love to pick up the phone. Like once I have that relationship, I prefer that. So yeah, the whole world so, I gotta get better at. Totally. Brandon, I think I saw you on mute. Say something. Are you good? I mean, no, I, it's interesting. I think after COVID, it, it been kind of the roads have, have uh, gone two ways. People either like more excited to take a call. Maybe they're working from home and they want to talk to somebody. I think there's a lot of people that have missed a little human interaction. So for me, maybe I'm just like projecting, but for me, like I'll, I'll take calls unless they're from my own area code in which I know they're spam, but I could see a lot of people, you know, but I could see a lot of people just in the temperature of the, you know, the, the climate of the world right now, just shutting down a cold call much faster than they would have just because it's, you know, totally. It, it's funny on the spam piece. And by funny, I mean, painful. If a random number calls me, I just, automatically assume it's spam they leave a voicemail i don't like i'm not like oh, i can't wait to listen to that voicemail i'm like yeah spammy voicemail but like the one out of 10 12 times where i, I like it'll be like a week later i'll like go through my voicemails i'm like ah that was an actual person i should not get out of that it's bad bad habit um so the thing i will say christy pulled a real scrappy move where she took some content, some warm for us lead content from someone's LinkedIn post being like, so thrilled about this new partnership with this distributor. And it was a Midwest distributor. She reached out to that distributor and was like, hey, wanted to uh, introduce myself. Uh, I'm, you know, 
heard about your new partnership with this brand. That's awesome. Familiar with them. We have some similar-ish brands. Like I'd love to, I just wanted to say hello. And she actually had a killer call with them. And I'm like, oh, and anyway, that, that, that was because of like that uh, LinkedIn content. Um, there was, it was able to warm it up a little bit. And that was amazing. It's also, I know I LinkedIn posted this and, uh, it's just so interesting, right? Things that happen on LinkedIn, whether it's a buyer tag or certain thing, I feel like that's where like a scrappy, um, scrappy salesperson is just like, ooh, that's like some warmness there. Like, thank you very much. I'm going to take that content. It's it's very funny. So cool. All right. I feel like we are wrapped. Uh, thank you guys very much.